now tuned in to All Things Music, presented by Liquid Sound Records. Here are your hosts, Ryan Katz and Ian Illyrian. Yo. Yo. Dude, so it's I've never... Okay, we've had this podcast since March. You've been a member of it, whatever, since... I don't know what June, May, yeah, something like yeah, that. around my birthday, yeah, yeah, and Which I, is June. I when we've interviewed some awesome people, we've done some really cool stuff, but this is I'm looking forward to this one the most out of all the episodes thus far on our catalog. Just because it's like you know it's metal, dude. I bleed metal. This is like my life. Metal know? is metal. my life. Metal is my life. <laughs> So, um, yeah, if you're new here, this is part, what, five, six? Yeah. Something like that. Let me look, because I want to be official about this. Uh, It's part five of our eight-part series. So we are nearing the finish line here. Uh, We got metal this week. We got punk ska next week, classic rock week after, and guilty pleasures to finish it out. Then we get back to interviewing awesome people. But uh, yeah, this has been a fun countdown series. And then maybe next summer we'll do a subgenre countdown series. Um, anyways, I have a feeling this is going to be a really long episode, so we should probably just get right into it. What do you think? Yep, let's yeah. do it. All right. So, Ian, what's your, uh, what's your number 10? My number 10 is going to be by Slipknot, My Plague. So, for the record, I'm not currently a huge Slipknot fan, and no, I haven't heard their new album. Um, however, Slipknot kind of got me introduced um, to metal and stuff, um, and bands like Slipknot at the time. And um, I had a—I was really big into the drummer. I actually had the Joey, Joey Jordanson. Yeah snare and everything when I was playing and um that's I mean that's really why I like it and that's why I made the top 10 because of the fact that it was just influential in my life sure why this song in particular uh the thing is actually the first song I heard by them to be honest I'm gonna guess go on a limb here since you are a video game guy and uh I was a big fan of Resident Evil video games. Nope, that's not no. Nope. Not at all, really, cuz I was going to say the reason Never never really played much Resident Evil, which is probably surprising. That's but, very surprising. Um no, I uh it's not from that. It's just I don't even know. I Oh, you know what it was actually? I was in Boy Scouts and then one of my friends from Boy Scouts took me to his house and um showed me his drum set and stuff. And then he actually had the Slipknot signature snare and then was showing me he's like really big in their music. Huh. And that's, I think, what started that. Okay. Well, that's interesting because like, I don't know, for me, I was, I've was i been a Slipknot fan 
for all but five years of my life. When I was six years old, I went to a, a record store in West Akron called the Quonset Hut. And this is records like vinyl. My mom went for some Alanis Morissette vinyl, <laughs> I'm sure, or something. And I found one of the 1,000 copies of Meet, Feed, Kill, and Repeat, which is their first demo ever. Right. And I was six. And I was like, Mom, can I have this? Luckily for me, it didn't have like any of the logo or the face or anything. It just said in print, Slipknot. Made feed, kill, and repeat. You think that title alone would be like a parent be like, no. But she was nice enough for me to get the record. And I heard it from there, and I've loved Slipknot ever since. I'll I'll get into my story later because they might appear on my countdown at some point. Mites in quotations. (laughs) But as far as this song goes, I remember specifically, because this is the first song anybody ever heard off of the Iowa record. Because it was their single, it was their teaser, and it was in the Resident Evil movie. It was like the main song for the first... Resident Evil movie. Which is a big, big movie. I mean, that, was a, oh, that movie was a hit. Yeah, Absolutely. And and even the second movie, which was Resident Evil Apocalypse, the main song for that was End of Heartache by Killswitch. And that yep. kind of made that band bigger, too. So, yep. yeah, those movies and the music kind of go together. Um, so that's how I heard of it. Plus, the music video has, like, splices of the, the movie in it and everything. Because I was a big Resident Evil video game fan. So that's kind of... I got into the games. And then I actually got into the books... And the books are really freaking good. I didn't know they had books. Yeah, yeah. And I think the books might have been written before anything, even the games. Um, I'm not positive on that. But, uh, yeah, that's I, I can't, I don't disagree. I think I don't think we're going to have too many disagreements today <laughs> just because we're both on the same wavelength as far right. as. Right, as far as this, yeah, usually. Yeah. Except for so, uh, the Break of Benjamin cake, but that's not metal. There, Yeah, that's not metal. That's hard rock, modern rock, not butt rock. But we went over that last episode if you want to go check that one out and hear our debate on that one. Okay, I guess uh, my turn. I need to pull up my list. Uh and here we go. Uh, number 10 for me is Cane Hill Sunday School. Maybe I'm ashamed that we share our last name. What? So, Ian and I actually went to see Cane Hill for the first time together. What was that last summer? Last uh, fall? Not even that long. It was like only. It wasn't like, this summer? It was only like half a year ago. Something like that. Yeah, that was. They they put on a good show. Um, the the song in particular I chose because, and you'll learn throughout this countdown. I'm I'm a very happy person, but I'm also a very angry person. I have a lot of angst, so I get a lot of that out through music. And this song in particular spoke to me speaks to me so much more than almost any other song on this countdown. It's about the, the lead singer of Cain Hill is Elijah, and he has a similar upbringing as me as far as his parents were very much like, here's your religion, force-feeding the religion. And he kind of defied against that and was like, I don't need this in my life. This is bullshit. Like, I let me believe what I want to believe. And there was always pushback back and forth between him and his parents. And so, like, it was similar for me in some aspects of that. 
um, not to the extremes of, of his situation, but one of the lyrics I do love right before that breakdown is maybe I'm ashamed that we share a last name. It's like, dude, that's like deep and like heavy, you know? Um, and then right when that, tr- that clip fades out, he, he just keeps screaming. I can't find God. I can't find God. I can't find God. So he's like saying like, you know, stop trying to force feed God on me. I just don't believe in him, you know? So it's kind of really interesting track and they sound a lot like Slipknot. They, that's one of their, uh, f- the feedback people give them their Slipknot light or Slipknot new or whatever. You know what it sounds like the guitars and instrumental part mm-hmm. anyway? Sounds like Attack Attack's second album. Okay. I'm not as familiar with it, so. The, well, the second album is heavy as hell. Okay. And to me, I don't know, is their most foolish sounding album. Um, when they got rid of, um, oh, what's his name? The singer? Who was Attack Attack's first singer? Big guy of Mice and, of Mice and Men. Oh. Austin um, Carlisle. Yeah, there you go. Got rid of Ars- Austin Carlisle and, and replaced Shomo him with Com- yep. Yep, yep. Caleb Shomo. And that was their first album with Caleb. And it was real heavy. So the guitars and instrumentals remind me of that. But then um, the lead singer of Kane Hill has that Slipknot voice. So it's just right. a very weird combination. And they're getting big. They just played at the Download Festival this summer in front of like all these people, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And my band was lucky enough to open up for them. And Siler, hint, hint, they might be on the countdown here later too. Um, so yeah, no, they're really good guys. Uh, I just like that song a lot. So uh, what's your number nine? My number nine is Animals as Leaders, KFO. Every time I listen to the song, I just hear numbers. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. And uh, Tosin Abasi is a great guitarist, and really all the members are just great musicians, and uh, it's a lot of jazz influence, which I love jazz, and uh, very genty. I mean, that's basically what gent is, is jazz of the metal jazz infusion. Say gent. 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 You say gent. it with like a, gent. a French... Gent. Gent. A gent is a blue. Hey, man. That's because I'm, I'm fancy. So you're... <laughs> yeah, so gent. Gent is supposed to be like, boom. But, but yeah. no, yeah, they're just great musicians, and uh, this is a great song, and it really just showcases what they can do. Mm-hmm. I agree. So. I, I, it's funny. Uh, first off, they're the only group I I know of that can successfully pull off the nine-string guitar. A lot of other bands try, and they try too hard, and they almost they almost use it and never even use that low note. Um, yeah, Animals as Leaders uses all the strings. They even do slap picking sometimes, which is crazy. Yep. Let's go that jazz influence. Yeah. That's exactly where that's from. Yep. Uh, Tosin has his own custom guitars, both uh, headstocks and headless. Uh, custom pedals. He's got it all. He is like literally uh, him and Jason Richardson are the two um, most... Yeah, legendary yeah, guitarists guitarist of, of in, in metal. This, right, exactly. And uh, it's funny. I, I've never seen him live in person. I would love to. Um, but I've watched a lot of YouTube videos of them live, 
and Tosin and, and the poor guy, the other guitarist who know him, he's probably just like, you know, like just some dude, like wants some attention, never gets it because it's always on Tosin. But they both are like killing it, right? But they're killing it and they're not really doing a lot of movement. It just looks so easy. And then you've got the drummer in the back sweating balls. His his uh, his kit is just all over the place. You could just see he's like burning probably 5,000 calories a minute oh, or yeah, something. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, he's hitting... A shit ton of notes per minute. Oh, dude, it's crazy. So I'm like, how fair is this? These guitars time are just signature, like, do, 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 yeah. Do, 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 and he's like, blah blah blah. I'm like, time Ooh. signature changes mm. and everything, man. Man, it's got to be a hell of a hard. Oh god, drum job, yeah. dude. Yeah. So he uh, he kills it for sure. Um, yeah, I don't have anything again much else to say about this I one mean, other yeah. than the fact that Animals as Leaders is the best gent instrumental band. There's another band in the countdown coming up on Ian's list that is a gent uh, vocal band as well um, but if you're just looking to listen to like just a nice and then I know that clip for some people are gonna be like nice that's chaotic but all right that was a chaotic part of the you song you don't <laughs> it, you don't have to if you listen through the chaos not like at the chaos some people listen and like like focus so much on everything that's going on but if you listen to the track as a whole you know and this is just gent in general if you gent in general say that ten times fast, um, if you listen to the track as a whole, uh, it you you almost trance out. You know, is it's it's so complex, but the whole thing just meshes so well. It flows. It really does. I mean, it's for me, it's awesome driving music. If I'm like got a late night drive and I just need to, you know, focus, but at the same time relax, gent is where I always go. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's kind of the best of the best there uh all right my number nine is gojira the heaviest matter in the universe So Gojira, um, by the way, if you think that band name sounds weird, it's Godzilla in Japanese. Gojira! So uh, that's that's just why they chose that name. I don't know. They do really cool stuff with like a lot of their lyrics are based on the environment, which is really neat, especially now with everything going on. So I'm sure their next album will just be transcendent. Um, but they're very much, I don't want to call them gent, but they do use a lot of different time signature things. Um, they're from France. I've seen them probably like five or six times now. This song in particular, uh, a buddy of mine, a lifelong friend of mine, Ben Lubitz, uh, who is now works at Paradigm Agency, but he used to be, or he was the founder of Bravo Artist, which is like one of the biggest uh, booking agencies in Ohio. Um, he turned me on to them through like a back in the day, a actual CD mix. And I, was, I remember I remember specifically hearing them for the first time in honors art class in high school. <laughs> and like, I remember I was drawing something and then this track came on and I like, it just went to shit because I was like way too hyped to like relax and draw something. So um, no, I love this track. They usually, 
either begin or end their set with this track and it's really heavy the whole way through and it's just it's pretty cool real rhythmic so um the thing i would say about this track is discord and chaos and that's basically what it is yeah pretty much yeah i would agree uh i don't know they do really good and it's funny because it sounds so complex but i can play almost all their stuff on guitar it's really not super difficult but you don't have to some people forget that sometimes simple stuff is better right like Period. you don't have to be no offense to Tosin Bossy, we just propped him up so much, but you don't always have to be a Tosin or a Jason Richardson to yeah. make really solid music. Um now you don't want to be super bland like a five finger death punch either. <laughs> um but you kinda wanna find that middle ground sometimes and just like roll with it. So I think they do a good job with that. So number eight. Number eight for me is gonna be uh Parkway Drive, Romance is Dead. So climb your fucking river, bitch. So, uh, for a while, this song spoke to me. <laughs> very, uh, very relatable. Um, Makes sense. Right. And, uh, no, but Parkway Drive was like, man, when I was, like, BMXing and skating and, like, dirt bike riding and shit all the time. And this is what I listened to because it made me want to kill people. <laughs> and it made me ride hard as hell and I just did not give a shit. Right. And it was awesome. And a lot of my friends, actually, that I rode with listen to the same band. I actually um, found out about them through my friends that I bike rode with. And uh, they're like, man, this gives me hype. You should listen to it. And I'm like, all right, man, I'll give it a try. I'm like, damn, it's just gritty as hell. gets you mm-hmm. hyped up, and it really makes you angry. Yeah. And that's perfect that's skating That's what metal and should biking. be doing, right. Right, that's perfect skating, biking, music, man. Like, yep. seriously. Yep. So absolutely no. I I uh, I've never heard this one. I kind of was late to the Parkway Drive party. Boneyards was probably the first track that I heard from them. Oh yeah, that's that's like off their third album. I yeah, yeah. So I heard that one and I liked it, but then I kind of like just let it go for a little bit. And then when they just came out with like uh, Vice Grip and Crushed and the, uh, that other stuff, I kind of got back into them. And I yeah. listen. I've seen them live now at least once. Saw them this year at Sonic Temple. Um, Australian group, awesome group. Uh, yeah, Australians are crazy, man. Yeah, they are. They <laughs> really are. Um, I don't know. It's it's a. Would you know what album this one was off of? Oh God, it's. I can't remember. Is it real it's, early? Yeah, it's like off their second album. Okay. Um. Yeah, I could tell you exactly what the cover looked like, but I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> it's all good. No, that's fine. I yeah, I don't. I've not really heard too much, too many of their tunes that are bad. So uh, it's good to. It's a good track. The band name is funny. Parkway Drive. Oh yeah, a uh-huh. skylit drive. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm glad they're not on our lists. There. Almost made it to mine, dude. Did really? Well, you and I your scene. I love the Skylit Drive. Yeah. That, that was influential Maybe, for me. Why isn't a Parkway Drive and Skylit Drive? 
tour together, people get confused. It'd be a lot of driving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for me, number eight is Crystal Lake Eon. Yeah, man, this shit is crazy. So like those those trigger uh, double bass with that low G, just dun, 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 you know, um, and it the music video again. This is another one that the music video makes the song kind of not really though. I listen to this song a lot on its own, uh, but it's got that futuristic sci-fi uh, voice there, and it matches what the visuals are. Um, the whole song honestly is one of those where like they take every single subgenre in metal and put it in a song and it's not forced like it works like there's new york hardcore sounds there's black metal sounds there's guttural death metal just regular whatever um so it's yeah it's just so fucking sick and crystal lake is a band that i was just recently turned on to probably within the last year they've been around since 2003 they're all japanese so it took them a little bit to get to the states um but, uh, yeah, they're just, like, ridiculous. And it's weird because, like, in Japan and even in Europe, they're always headlining, like, everywhere. Um, Kane Hills even toured with them in Europe, and they were, like, the A-list headliners. But in America, they just came to Cleveland with uh, North Lane era, uh, Sense of Purpose, and it was Crystal Lake. So, like, they weren't even high on the bill at all. So it's really weird how they're still trying to get that traction in America. They toured with August Burns Red on their spring leg. So they're... Doing big stuff, but it's like, come on, Americans, let's go because this hey, band man. is sick. We're always ten steps behind over here. <laughs> really are, <laughs> really are. Thoughts? Um, I never heard them, but I'm definitely gonna be listening to them because that was pretty damn aggressive. Yeah, and I'm I'm a sucker for those um vocal chop type things, mm-hmm. that exhale type sound and stuff. Oh. Uh, no, like exhale, like um, exhale is a VST. I'm pretty sure oh, that's what that's I know from. what you're talking about. It's by Output. Yep. And uh, I love that VST. I use it a fucking lot. So when I heard it in this track, and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> that's what's, And then it just was like aggressive out of nowhere. And I was like, that's pretty good, man. Yeah, dude. I like it. So lit. So. Definitely got my vote. Awesome. Good deal. All right. Uh, what are we on, number seven? Yeah. Um, my Jetpacks was Yes, version 2.0 by Periphery. So, uh, Matt Halpern, 
on the drums. Being a drummer, dude, is, it sounds great. He's a great freaking drummer. And then um, I can't remember the name of the vocalist, um, but... Spencer Stiletto, Stiletto, Stiletto. Yeah, something Spencer, like, I know is his first name. Right. Yeah. Um. Anyway, damn. I mean, what is there to say? No. And just uh, yeah. this, the really the the whole unit as a whole is just great. And really, why this band made it so high on my list and why it's on my list is they kind of introduced me to Gent. <laughs> Gent. He's gonna just. Uh. <laughs> so I gotta. Okay. So Gent. Gent, the reason why it's called gent, for those who don't know, is because that's the sound the guitars make. It's a very aggressive gent, 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 gent. But when you do gent, it's like the guitars aren't aggressive anymore. It's like gent, 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 gent. I'm going over there to France, man. (laughs) (laughs) But um, no, that's really kind of turned me on to the genre. And then I went downhill and started listening to Born of Osiris (laughs) and volumes and stuff like that. Sure. And... uh, then my life just, you know, yeah, turned around. <laughs> there you go. Well, no, so, okay, so I would say that it's a tie between Periphery and Meshuggah for best gent group. Yeah. However, Meshuggah themselves kind of is like, we're not gent, we're just progressive metal. So oh, it's like, Meshuggah's... Uh, <clears throat> it's tough, because they really do so many genty things, but since well, they were around before gent was even remotely a thing... And they're just, because they've been around for so long, they're kind of elitist, and... They have a right to be, yep. but again, they still are at the end of the day. And yep. if you are gent or not, um, <laughs> either way, I mean, they're, I mean, they're pioneers of the genre. Yeah, whether absolutely. they think so or fucking not, that's right. what it is. But periphery, I would say, is the the, the kings of modern gent. Yes, I would say. And it uh, was all and and, and with um, well, we'll get to that later. But born of Cyrus, Jason Jason Richardson that specific discovery album mm-hmm. i mean it was like really like the pioneering of the modern sure genre so periphery was all computer nerds you know mm-hmm. so you can relate to that and uh well, yeah and you can tell because they're there when you listen to it exactly so when when they all got together they knew they liked metal but they didn't want to just do the status quo and they were like all right so how can we you know combine let's say coding to make metal like how how can we you know translate something we like doing right you know on the computer to it's all numbers yeah it is i mean and that's what i was saying earlier about animals leaders they're another pioneers um but it's all numbers like when i listen i hear numbers and being someone into gaming and stuff and just really a rhythmic type of music Mm -hmm. That's well, it's a very sophisticated like subgenre to really, you can't, if you're not a music, you know what, honestly, if you're not a musician, I don't know too many non-musicians that listen to Gent. Right. Because it's there's, very a certain, true. there's a certain appreciation for it that is hard to get without, with just being Without the knowledge. Listener. Right. Right. So, yeah, I love it. Uh, Periphery, they almost made my list. Just, I couldn't figure out what song, so I just said, fuck it. <laughs> but I'm glad they made your list. Um but yeah, I've seen him a couple times. I just saw him on the Hailstand tour. Uh, when was that? That was in the spring at some time. And they're coming back, and I can't go because it's during a Browns game, and I'm really bummed about that because they're coming back with Vale Maya and a couple others. That it's like a sick. Are the Browns gonna win? They might actually. They will because they're good again. And we'll talk about that when we have uh, a certain <laughs> someone on as a guest. But. Uh, and hopefully I'm still right there. But anyways, uh, no, good pick all around. I like Periphery. They're amazing. 
Um, my number seven is an old school song for the new school people, but uh, Winds of Plague, Decimate the... dude Winds Plague is I've liked them from the very beginning Um, I saw them I saw them at Warped Tour 2011 but I liked them a lot before then too Um, they have always had a really hot girl in the band oh here we go (laughs) here we go (laughs) hey man you gotta have some sex appeal dude Winds of Plague sex appeal that's definitely what I think of when I listen to it (laughs) totally Um, no so they are what is considered symphonic deathcore which is like the they're like the only band in the genre. How is that? But not it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just super obscure. So they're symphonic because the girl does the keyboards, and it's like this really cool. You could probably hear it in that clip if you go back over it. But it's this really cool like uh, uh, string elements that she uses a lot. And uh, Johnny Plague is the lead singer, and his growl is just so intensely low and. He's got those awesome highs. And the beginning of that song has, like, so many different just chops, but it's not, like, uh, like so discombobulated. It just works. Um, that song in particular came out in 2008, so it's quite old, but it's still timeless. And I never catch them when they're in town because they're almost never in town anymore. They don't play as much as they used to, but um, as far as Winds of Plague is a band, they're on my top five favorite metal bands of all time just because they've done something that no one else has done so that's why i have this song in my holy list. whammy bar uh, hell, yeah. <laughs> hell yeah dude when he's got that high high note <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a dying cat but it works man <laughs> that was a perfect <laughs> imitation of that too yep thank um, you this is named really johnny plague yeah well his stage name dude, that's like you johnny remember plague. like in the scene kid days when everybody yes. had faith Hell yeah! Games. Well, think about twenty eight, two thousand eight. That was like scene prime, and I'm not saying Winds of Plague was no, scene probably by no means, them. but no. it's still when you think about it, it's funny. Yeah, no, it's funny. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, hell. You know, it wasn't the first to do that. Fucking Johnny Rotten and uh, Sid yeah, Vicious, all the guys uh, they, from Sex they Pistols. They started the whole thing, man. That's right. That's funny. So. Or Kiss, but we'll just forget about Kiss. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about Kiss. I can't stand that group. That's like me with Queen, man. A cock. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, but I, think uh, I think more people like Queen than Kiss. That would be an interesting debate, actually, to have, because those are both really iconic groups. But we'll get to that when we get to our classic rock countdown. Um, yeah, that's Winds of Plague for you. I love them. I was actually, there's a song that I originally was going to have, instead of Decimate the Week, called The Impaler, where he has like a... 20 second low guttural growl that's super impressive i always try to do it when i'm listening in the car and then i get really lightheaded and i'm like how did maybe you just recorded a trash can roll (laughs) 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 could be i don't know you're fueling the fire now because all the people that are listening are like i don't like metal it sounds like a bunch of stuff trash cans yeah there was a kid on uh on the bus when in middle school that i rode with and uh 
I had like my Walkman back at the time. day. that's old. I had babe. Hell if yeah. anybody under like eighteen or under is listening, they're like, what like the "What's fuck a Walkman?" <laughs> yeah, you had a little guy walk with you? No. Okay, a Walkman was where you put a CD. Oh, like mini disc. Little, yeah, mini disc cartridge thing, and you listen on your headphones. There was no iPods, iPads, none of that. So, anyways, I had I think it was a Static X album, but. Uh, I went and listened to it, and the guy next to me, who was actually a big EDM fan at the time, he, he so was like what uh, EDM was basically just Dead Mouse. Oh, dude, no, it was like uh, Paul Oak. Oh, Holtz. damn. Yeah. So that's like um, not it he, wasn't even EDM. That was like no, straight just, up trance. Yeah, exactly. And he listened to it, and he goes, "You know what this sounds like?" I'm like, "What's it sound like?" He's like, "It sounds like a bear in a washing machine." <laughs> and ever since he said that, anything I ever listened to, I sometimes imagine a bear in a washing machine. I'm like, "You know what?" He's Can a bear wrong. even fit in a washing machine? Uh, maybe like a little cub. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting into dangerous territory. Um, all right, I think we're on number six. So what's your um, number six? Kill switch engage. Eye of the storm. So, Kill Switch Engage is like one of those bands. If you don't like them, probably something's wrong with their ears. Like Queen. <laughs> <laughs> and All you right. know, it's funny. I think it's funny because I don't. I'm pretty positive. I can't remember for sure, but I'm pretty positive that my girlfriend hates Kill Switch Engage. Really? Which is odd. How can you? I, I don't, I don't, don't understand ask. It either. Because it's like it's know. the perfect combination of aggressiveness and mel- melody. Like, well, it's like it's people, got something for everybody. It's like. When people tell me they hate the Smashing Pumpkins, which is a lot of people, I'm less like it is. I'm, I'm not. Like, I don't hate them. I'm just kind of lukewarm. Something must be wrong in my ears, or maybe something's wrong with no, everybody I else. I think that's an acquired taste. <laughs> I don't know if a Kill Switch is an acquired taste. Uh, Kill Switch is just a damn good band, and if like, you know, I yeah. just can't. So like when you, someone tells me they don't like Kill Switch, I'm like, what? Do you like Kill Switch better with Howard Jones or Jesse Leach? <sighs> Man. Why do you gotta ask well, these questions? Well, it's a question that all all I, Killswitch fans like have to grapple with because now that Jesse's back as the singer, Howard Jones was so operatic. And I so, honestly think Howard Jones. Yeah, though he's the one on this one, right? Yes. Yeah. This is this is this album was my favorite album, and and okay. the older the album before this, though, which is that the was the one Jesse. with Rose of Sharon, and no, no, no. The album before this had Rose of Sharon and End of Heartache on. And it was still Howard Jones. It was Jones. still Howard Jones. And the it, one before that was okay. Jesse. So, yeah. I don't like the stuff of Jesse. I like stuff of Howard Jones. Okay. Just because I think that his vocal range is just so much, I don't know. Have you heard their new song? Um, oh, fuck. I, don't li- I haven't listened no, 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 to new no, no, stuff. No, no. But you got to listen to this new one because, and I can't remember what it's called right now, both Jesse and Howard are in it together. Really? Yes. So they brought Howard back for one song on their new album. I'm gonna have to listen. And that. it's on YouTube, the video, and they're both in the video, and they're like just giving each other like daps and just like, dude, you're killing it. No, you're killing it. No, you're killing. You know, it's like That's a awesome. love fest when they're doing it. But it's, uh, yeah, I like so. Kill Switch for me is another nostalgic band. One of the first 
songs I've illegally downloaded at that time off a of loud or loudwire, Lime LimeWire. Um, was your computer Elements, probably had AIDS, didn't it? <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, it was uh, Elements of One, and that was on their original, or that was on their second album. Maybe yep. it was still with Jesse. Same album yep. has Fixation on the Darkness. Uh, um, what's the other? My Last Serenade. That's, yep. There's some good See, shit that's on my, there. That's those are honestly like my least two favorite songs. Really. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't know. I don't, and that's everybody's, most everybody's favorite song. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Now, this one in particular has a fun story for me, and I was, when I saw your list, I was like, oh my God, how is this song on this list? Because Eye of the Storm was not a single. It was not, had no video. It had very little hype. It was just kind of a filler track on that album. But the fact that it was on your list, I'm like, how did he, you know, what's his connection? Because for me, <laughs> it's a really funny story. When we talked about my CD Walkman or whatever, Right when CDs were starting to phase out and iTunes right. was becoming a big thing is when this album came out. And I remember I got like an iTunes gift card. And I was like, all right. It was right. like the first thing you bought. So like, yeah. So I was like, all right, I love Kill Switch Gage. They have a new album out. I've got enough. I've got $1 left. Okay. So I went to this album and I said, what's the longest song on the album? I didn't listen to any of the songs. <laughs> it's I funny. Sh- I used to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> I, <was just> like, <laughs> I think what's... everybody, if you haven't done that, you haven't really experienced. Right that age no you haven't <laughs> so it's it's like i was like okay i have the storm this is a like i think yeah. it's like something like six or seven minutes long and I yeah was like, it's very long purchase and then i listened to it and i was like this is lit how does and then most killswitch fans don't really know this song that much because again it wasn't a single or whatever this but is, yeah honestly um what started me with killswitch was my dad um shout out to my dad <laughs> um no but he used to listen to Killswitch, Chimera, and Pantera, stuff like okay. that. Hell yeah. And um, because of him, I started to listen to this stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of was weird for me when we had um, Mark, Mark Hunter, Hunter yeah. from Chimera sitting in the room. I'm like, damn, dude, my dad fucking showed me this. And I was like yeah. eight or ten. It's full circle. And yeah, actually, and we... I'm so here with the fucking guy. Right. It was just kind of funny. And like, that's you know and it was just weird and but no like um kill switch ended up becoming real probably my favorite bands of all the ones he showed me just mm-hmm. because of the albums that they did with um howard. i keep wanting to say howard jones he's a it's howard 80. jones no it's still howard jones i know you saw the other howard i jones. know and it's fr- it trips if me if your up. name's howard jones your success rate uh goes way high I right guess, because there's yeah. a howard jones big ass 80s yep. very famous guy and then there's howard jones very famous metal guy yep and i always it trips me out every time i but anyway right and i saw both by the way i seen both mm-hmm. of them. and um no that just i just love these albums i think that he's a great vocalist the band's just really tight and i honestly they're they're least like you said they're least listened to stuff it's the stuff that i really like and sure. i don't know how they've got people skipped over that stuff because i think it's their best material yeah i think so too um it's funny that you mentioned Chimera. Uh, I think that from a musician standpoint, the two bands that play Drop C the heaviest are Killswitch Engage and Chimera. Drop C is not a now. A see, deep that makes tuning. a lot of sense actually. Mm-hmm. When Same I think tuning, about it, because right. I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. I never thought about that until now. Yeah, and they, they do sound instrumentally and you know actually all around quite similar. Yes, they do. I, I would that say Killswitch is a little bit more melodic, but still. Oh, Killswitch yeah, is definitely more melodic. Yeah. Chimera is definitely much more aggressive. Right. Um, but they have the same general sound, which is something that you don't really see in the metal genre, is that 
Well, did you say it was drop C? Drop C, right. Yeah, you don't really hear that much. and that's you, you do and you don't. So my band plays it, and a couple other bands play it, but it's not like known as like, okay, it's an extremely aggressive drop tuning. If you're going to play aggressive drop tuning, you're going to go drop B, drop A sharp, drop, drop G. D. Drop, well, drop D is higher than drop C. And actually, there's only one band that I know of that plays drop D super aggressively, and that's Lamb of God. Like that's and they're super, like, oh damn. yeah, and you would never know that they're playing. And I forgot to mention it actually, and I'll bring it up again in a second. But you never know they're playing Drop D. That wins a plague song I had right. Mm-hmm. That's like most brutally heavy song. That comes from their album Decimate the Week. And you would never know it, but every single track on that album is an E standard. The same tuning really? that Metallica plays, that Anthrax plays, that Bob Dylan plays. I'm telling you, <laughs> literally. And, and so people it's not just, about the key, just as much as you, how you use it. Yes. Almost. However, if you want to make things less challenging for yourself as a guitarist, drop tuning is a little bit uh, easier to sound. Right. If you want to sound heavy, drop tune. If you want to be innovative, then sure you can standard tune and try to sound heavier that way. Um, but uh, that's interesting. Yeah, though. it's super fucking duper, Australians, man. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Um, so, and then the last note about Kill Switch that I just love bringing up anytime I talk about them, because I've seen them probably 10 to 12 times at this point. Um, Adam Dunk- Dunkovitz, I think is his name. He's the, he's the lead guitarist. Uh, he was on A Price is Right, uh, with Drew Carey about two years ago, and he won. I don't know if you oh, saw yeah, that. yeah, yeah, the crazy, yeah. for those who don't know, Adam is the crazy-ass guitarist. Oh, he's nuts. He's and so he's, good, and he wears yeah. a cape on stage sometimes. Gets beer, has all the time with beer. Yep, and he's got a really, really good low guttural uh, that he compliments with Jesse or Howard. Um, but yeah, no, I just thought that was really cool, because like, no one on The Price is Right knew that this guy was from a really famous metal band, and yeah. he won, and it was just like really funny. Well, it's funny, because when we saw him, he was the most entertaining guy on the stage. Oh, absolutely. He was running <laughs> back and forth and like doing all kinds of crazy stuff, so... Um, yeah, pretty cool. So I would recommend going to see them if you're into metal at all. Um, my list is just going to go and get heavier and heavier and heavier as we keep going. So, uh, this next track for me, number six is Emir flag of the beast. Yeah, so as I mentioned, like I said, I'm a very angsty person, and anytime I feel the need that I want to like just kick ass, this is a song that I put on. I was just going to say, if you ever hear me listen to this song, you better get the fuck out right. of my way. Exactly, <laughs> dude. It's This is my shit uh, so much, and I just love headbanging to it, throwing fists to it. Um, just like, I'm your fucking antichrist. Like that's, If you're saying that to somebody, you really don't like them. Um, so, I say that just just because well yeah teach but by, maybe, maybe maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe i'm weird <laughs> <laughs> so amir is awesome uh they're in at least i think this song might be drop e or f sharp it's really low they play eight string guitars they've had a bunch of different lineup changes through the years uh i almost cracked open some poor australian speaking of poor australian girls skull last time i saw them because i was at 
what was rock on the range at the time and some idiot was crowd surfing over me and pushed my my head and my chin went right into this girl's probably like five feet and my chin went right into the back of her skull and like I don't, she didn't fall down, but she, she looked real worse for the wear, and I felt so bad. Nothing I could do about it, but like it hurt me too, obviously. Um, yeah, it's it's rough. Their pits are crazy. They're just everything is insane. Frankie Palmieri's their vocalist, and yes, he gets a bad rap for kind of being a dick. But uh, same with Franz would be for Matilla. And, and and you know what? Both those bands are heavier than hell mm-hmm. and they they definitely um sing and preach about what like and act how they are. I mean yeah. I don't know how to really put it, but they're both like one of the heaviest bands in the genre. Right. And I think this song in particular is perfect for that because people don't like Frankie Palmieri, but he says at the beginning, you can hate me if it makes you feel better. You know? Like he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, well, neither does uh, Franz from Attila. No, no. He, they embrace it, yeah. and it makes them better. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's authentic, and I think that's what people like to hear. Right. So, um, yeah, I just that song just slams, so I don't know. I agree. All right. What do you got next for me? Um, I got Born of Osiris to Worlds of Design. Yeah. Man, I wasn't even paying attention because I was really into that damn song. Hell yeah, Every dude. time I listen to that, this whole album, dude, I'm just like in another planet. Yeah. And um, Two different worlds? Yeah. Of design. Of, of design, man. <laughs> um, nah, dude, Jason Richardson, I mean, this was the only album that he did with Born of Osiris, and it was the only good Born of Osiris album. And yes, I hope they all listen to this and <laughs> listen to that because they fucked up when they let him go. Oh, yeah. And um, there's actually... He's the, he was a guitarist, by the way. For yeah, there was actually... They got in a big fight with him and then called him out on a bunch of stuff, kicked him out. But then he came back with, well, you guys are just a bunch of rich kids and mommy and daddy put you up in your mansion that you took videos of and everybody's so hyped about, you know, and all this stuff. And it, yep. none of that money is actually yours. It's all your parents. Yep. And you guys aren't about what you talk about. It was awesome, yeah, man. And sure. I have the utmost respect for Jason Richardson. And in my book, he basically made this whole damn album. Mm-hmm. And because the other albums are just so much different. And then as soon as he left, everything sucked again. Yeah. So you can tell there was a missing piece. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. And uh, when he went to Chelsea Grin. Yep. Right. They got exponentially better. So because I didn't really like Chelsea Grin before sure. him no, either. No, and then he no, went and I, I was I like, get it. damn, dude. So the guy is really, really talented. And there was a while when I did nothing but literally listen to this album for months, back to or uh, forth to back, um, back to forth, whatever you want to yeah, fucking say, right. um, cover to cover. Yeah, and it's like just on repeat, and that's all I ever listened to, and mm-hmm. it, it's just great. So what you're saying is that the next All That Remains album is going to be insane because it'll be the first one with Jason Richardson on it. Really? 
Yeah, well, because well, he's a full shit. member now. I know. You know, it's funny. I never really listened to all that remains, which is probably surprising. You might start now, but hell, I might start <laughs> now. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Boner of Osiris. Awesome. What would you consider their subgenre? Deathcore, metalcore, gent. gent. Is it gent? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't know. Some people kind of go between gent and deathcore for them. It just depends it depends on, on what album you're talking about. Right. This album, definitely, dent. Dent, gent, 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 gent. I would, I would definitely say. If you're looking up, by the way, like, okay, so they're talking about gent. How do I go and look up a gent group, or how do I even find gent? D J E N T. That is how you spell gent. I know it's weird to spell a sound, but that's literally how the genre is spelled. So if you want to look up gent music, that's what you have to type in. Correct. Correct. Okay. <laughs> All right, uh, where are we at here for my list? Um, speaking of a group that you just mentioned, my number five is Chelsea Grin, Hostage. So they are, besides Suicide Silence, I'd say they're one of the big pioneers of deathcore is what the genre is. Definitely. For people who don't know what deathcore is, it's essentially hardcore mixed with death metal. It's probably, in the modern terms, people are going to get pissed off, especially the death metal elitists that listen to this, but in modern terms, it's one of the darkest uh, subgenres of metal there is. Evil, I guess, is one way. I don't know. Black metal is more evil than deathcore, but uh, it's just very demonic and like very very brutal very brutal there's not a soft death deathcore song <laughs> even Whitechapel tried to do it in their last album and it was still fucking brutal um but yeah it's my favorite genre of metal honestly is deathcore just because it combines so much of what i like um it's a really good way to scare people too so it's always is fun. this the one people. with uh jason richardson no so this is their off their newest album that came out in 2018 um pablo's still on drums uh tom Shit, what's his last name? Tom, 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 Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom. Barber, I think. Tom Barber. Uh, he was <laughs> the, the uh, uh, lead singer of Lorna Shore, and then he joined Chelsea Grin after this last guy left. The guy before him was like garbage, and people like kind of fell off the Chelsea Grin bandwagon. Right. And as soon as Tom came back, or Tom went from Lorna Shore to Chelsea Grin, people were like, oh my God, this is insane. He's got such good vocal range. Super friendly guy too. I have some friends that are like friends with him or whatever, and he's like just super chill, friendly dude. Um, they use eight string guitars. This song is in drop E, so it's a whole like eight steps down from what Metallica plays in. Uh, so it's pretty insane. Um, I picked this song for a few reasons. One, if you type in Chelsea Grin Hostage Warp Tour on YouTube, it's probably the best live video of any metal band i've ever seen it's just intense from start to finish and the video quality is amazing it's a live video it's not even like a music video that was made to be a, a or a live video made to be a music video it's just like a just super good live video um the song in particular besides having like a sick breakdown like you heard some of the the lyrics are um i see my demons staring at me now i think i'm gonna die here am i the only one 
uh, so it's about being a hostage of something. And I translate it to like, I always feel like I'm a hostage in Ohio because I hate the weather here. I think everybody that lives in Ohio feels that yeah, way. Yeah, it's true. It's like, I, and, and like the lyric, I think I'm going to die here. I'm like, oh, I hope I don't fucking die here. You know? like I'll, I'll tend your funeral yeah. if you invite me. Thanks. Play the song. Make yeah, sure I'll play, play it song. for you, man. All right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking out for you. Um, so yeah, I can relate to it in that sense. Um, it's, that's not what the song's about, obviously, but I think in general it's just about being a hostage of a situation, and that's my situation. Uh, so I really, really enjoy that Chelsea grin. And I know you said you didn't like him without Jason Richardson, but maybe, I don't know. No, it's pretty damn good. Yeah. Very, very surprising. Yeah, uh, their, their new album. I have, because I haven't heard it. Yeah, so. it's called Eternal Nightmare. Uh, like I said, Tampa in 2018, and they're still touring on it. They're coming to Cleveland November 8th? November, yeah, November 8th November. with Casey Strain. Uh, yep. Yeah. I remember seeing that. So it'll be lit. Um, of the Acacia strain. Yeah. They're all good stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, number four. Yep. Um, attack, attack, stick, stick, stick. Brian and Brian and I are over here dying laughing because Chelsea grin and then all the stuff and then this and yeah and and you know sixteen year old me would be pissed off at my twenty six year old me right now for laughing but um <laughs> basically when I first heard this song this is the first song I ever heard by Attack Attack. And it was like, I don't even remember what I was really into at the time. But I think it was the first, like, what would you call this? Like, post-hardcore? <laughs> so, it's jokingly called crabcore. Crabcore, post-hardcore, crab. It's post-hardcore. But the reason right. why people call it that is because if you, especially this song in particular, if you go and the music video, YouTube man. this, they're literally air-humping their guitars for, like, an hour. And back then, if you wanted to listen to music, you had and to watch the video. video. Exactly. And... So the f- well, the fucking first time I saw this video with the song, I was like, "Mom, I need some money. I'm going to fucking Hot Topic at the mall." Yeah, and then that's what started my mall rat. So stuff. yeah, so <laughs> Crabcore, another band, would be asking Alexandria, which may or may not make another appearance. Um, they they and Tack Attack and a couple of these other groups just did this thing where like it was no longer headbanging your entire body. You, you, okay, so you put your feet apart really far away, and you just, you just like you hump your guitar. There's no other better way to describe it than that. You if like you want... ball tap the ground. Yeah, exactly. Like you ever like play like play like Halo, and you ball tap somebody when you kill them. <laughs> yes, that's the perfect you, you way to describe bag them. it. Yes. that's literally what it is. Yeah, but the whole band does it in synchronization. Yes. It's crazy. And it was fucking awesome, dude. Right. For the time. At it, the time, it was like, dude, this is, what are people doing? It's awesome. And actually, as a guitarist, I've tried to d- just <laughs> try think, to do it. I think everybody who's 
who's been in a band yeah. like this has done that. I personally No, I've never done it on I, stage. I mean I was on drums, but like my whole band did that all the fucking time. Sure. But we were like post well, that band. When 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 the guitarists were crab coring, the drummer usually was standing up and just and, and I did that. I fell off my drum set a couple times. Oh my god. That's <laughs> hilarious. Uh yeah. So I've tried it in in the confines of my private home. I've never done it on stage, <laughs> but uh, in the mirror, or something yeah, you're like mirror, looking in the mirror. Damn, but you, but the problem is, that the, I can't, I can't play like doing that. So they must have like really practiced the hell out of it before trying and it. The, out and live. and and uh, what was really great too, and this was a whole nother movement, but the guitar flips while doing it. Oh yes, I, but make I, sure you have locking straps because oh my <laughs> god, I can't tell you. How many rolls of duct tape we went through, and how many guitars I saw break it. It was like a must be an astronomical number. Sure. No. Yeah. But yeah. uh, yeah. No. I I love this song, dude. It was honestly such an influential song and time in my life. Mm-hmm. And like you know, I was all black. I still actually have my Tech Tech shirts and all that shit. And uh, every girl I dated was basically seen girl Facebook famous. Yep. I met every girlfriend I had on Facebook basically. All at that time. the colors of the rainbow that, in their hair. It was just the thing, man. Yep. It was oh, a, totally. It was a thing, and this was the band. And one of my friends on Facebook actually posted the other day. She said, Man, how? why did I ever listen to Asking Alexander and Attack Tech? You know, 16 year old me that. was stupid. I'm like, I'm not a fucking shame no. of that, dude. I'm like, I'll still put yeah. on Stand Up and Scream. It's, dude, dude, so yeah. do I. It's my favorite fucking, one of my favorite top, uh, probably my top three favorite metal albums yeah, absolutely. of all time just because the fact that it was so influential and still this day there's songs where I'm like god damn it's too bad come on asking Alexandria yeah, Danny what the fuck get are back you doing, to yeah man. right now they're becoming a pop band uh, like a lot of these like, other metal bands bring me the horizon <coughs> yep yep exactly so um my number 4 is actually a band that's very topical at this current minute because they just had a new album come out today. Free plug for you Wage War. Their album Pressure is all available on iTunes and Spotify. Check it out. I listened ba- to ba- it ba- today. Ba- Freaking awesome. Yeah, there you go. But this song is from their last album. This is Wage War with Stitch. <laughs> I can never say you're in my cell I wanna stand by you until the gates of So this is where I get, as a guitarist, most of my modern influence from is this band, Wage War. Their their tone is incredibly amazing. It's extremely hard to reproduce unless we have their exact equipment, which is the actual Jim Root Slipknot Signature Fender uh, Telecasters with EVH 5150 heads and caps. Man. So yeah, if you have those, you're good to go. I'm trying. I mean, I don't want to completely copy their tone, but their tone is just so... Oh, just amazing in, in almost every way. That that low G, um, I don't know. I, I love it. Um, they don't really make bad music. Uh, very heavy. They're kind of like the, in 2019, they're kind of at the top of their game as far as metalcore goes. Uh, them and maybe Architects, which sound very similar groups. Right. Um, but they're just so heavy. Coming to Cleveland, 
October 5th, so I'll be at that one too. You got all these dates memorized and everything, man. I do, dude. Yeah, yeah. I got got nine or ten concerts I'm going to before the end of the year, so got to keep something to look forward to. But um, yeah, every time I've seen him live, just intense as hell. His scream is like the perfect mid-level scream. It's like everything in this band is really refined, but it's not refined to the point of like processed refined. It's like you can tell they're just a refined group. They're very tight uh, on recording and live. So that's Wage War. Oh, you you listen to them or not? Really, I like them though. All right. Yeah. I mean, it's not really my thing to be honest with you. Um, but I like them. Okay. I mean, I'd see them. Yeah. So you you'll you'll come with me. Yeah. The, Maybe yeah. I will. Yeah, you'll have a good time. Plus it's like Monster uh, Flames. There's a bunch of like yeah, really good yeah, like yeah. bands like that on that bill. So Oh uh, can't believe we're on the top three already, but here you go. Top three. Fuck. Bring me the horizon. <laughs> Dude, I smile every time I listen to Bring Me the Horizon. It's old stuff. That stutter effect <laughs> was so popular at that time. I know, and, uh, and I still love hearing it. It never yeah. gets old, to be honest. And Oliver Sykes' voice never gets old. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, well, it, it is now. Mantra. And you know what? And you know what kills me is the fact that people are like, oh, they... You know, have evolved as a band, and mm-hmm. they're they're more mature, or whatever. Now, I think their new stuff's good, dude. It literally sounds like I turn on Radio One, BBC. Yep. And I swear to God, it's probably playing on. It's probably fucking playing on there too. Yep. And it's awful. Yep. But then the people that that are like, well, they're making more money, and they're dude, they're not doing what they like, love. Let's that, be okay. real about it. Let's be let's let's talk about some since we just had the electronic one, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, not too long ago. Yep. Tiesto, yep. What do I? What else do I need to say? Yeah, that's that's fucking Oliver Sykes mm-hmm. of the metal scene. But do you do you think? And I think Oliver would much rather be playing deathcore stuff. And I think that <laughs> Tiesto would much rather be playing trance stuff. But the the check, you know, like like we talked about when you I don't know because the thing about both of them and. Well, Tiesto as a person is very knows how to get on the bandwagon at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, Oliver and so they're both very innovative, but might not be just them to be honest. Let's be it's real. It's kind of even like Kanye. Might West. be the labels it's like that even are like helping Kanye them along. Yeah, and it's the same uh, thing. It's definitely Kanye. Kanye definitely and, is and, an innovator in that, that regard. And, and it, right, but the OG people that. Their their OG fan base is like, what the fuck are you? I doing? guarantee you, someone listened to this just now and was like, that's not bring me the horizon. Exactly. You played the wrong song. Exactly. Yeah, because it's not fucking mantra. No, right. And the, the bullshit new fucking mm-hmm. album. And S P I R I T. Oh my god, dude! What I mean, it's like, what is this a fucking spelling bee? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what? Oh. so no, but their old shit, dude. Like honestly, I listen to so fucking much 
and was just so influential for me. He's got me. a tattoo, so... I got two of them. It tells you what, all you need to know. I got two yeah, of them. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's from his clothing company, mm-hmm. actually. And he's, like I said, innovative, like Kanye, you know, whatever, where right. they do the clothes and do all the other stuff. And because they're in both of those industries, mm-hmm. they know when to flip. But the problem is when you flip, and you start doing something else, your OG fan base is like, what the fuck are you and doing? And that's what we talked about. You, If you're going to do that, that's fine. Just if you're going to go play live, honor your play old stuff. Play on a different fucking something. name or something. Well, no, dude. not just that, but like, play, if, if you're going to like play oh, yeah, some of your old stuff. Oh, yeah, they won't play their old stuff anymore. They don't anymore. at all. Because, be, it, because they're like, and, and you know, I wonder if that even almost has something to do with the record label. I don't know how it has a band you put out six or seven fucking records and then decide, oh, one day you wake up, you decide, oh, well, those don't exist. Mm-hmm. It's only our new one now, and yep. we're just going to play it you know, front to back. And M-A-N-T-R-A. Mantra! Yeah, like, it is <laughs> Everybody's me. happy, man. <laughs> Let's forget about that. We were, like, literally... They were deathcore. A, a fucking deathcore yeah. band for 10-plus fucking years, yep. and now now we're, hey, we're pop. We're, we're hanging out in Maroon 5, man. <laughs> That's yep. just crazy. And man. then people will be like, well, the money, next, I would do it. Next but, thing you know, they're going to get that one, because uh, they're, they're from the UK, they're going to get that one really famous British singer on there. What's her name? Uh, oh, Ellie Golding? Not Ellie uh, Golden, the other one. Uh, I can't remember. BB Rexa? Nah, fuck, I can't. I'll I think of it. Yeah. But, uh... They'll get oh, somebody. Adele. Adele. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. They'll they'll get a fucking Adele. You know. <laughs> what what's gonna be the name of their next song? Uh, maybe they'll name it after you. Akuma featuring Adele. There you go. Hey man, if I could get Adele A-K-U-M-A, on the track. A K U M A. Akuma. <laughs> oh, awful. So so. <laughs> Uh, Ian clearly is not opinionated about this topic at all. Uh, never Tell opinionated, man. Really I'm feel. very, very open-minded. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that's how we both feel about Bring Me the Horizon. But if you have a quarrel with that, let us know. I don't think anybody does. And no. if you do, the, your ears are probably broken. You probably just, honestly, you're probably just ignorant and haven't listened to the old stuff. That's it. Unless you, if you, there are some people who came into Bring Me the Horizon for the butt rock. Like, that's where they were introduced to it. And, like, I get it then if they don't like the old stuff because you like butt rock. You don't like metal. Hey, man, Nickelback, <laughs> dude. I can't wait till they come. Bro. I'm going to get a Nickelback Something concert. Something in your mouth. Would you look at this <laughs> photograph? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. If anybody from my band is listening, they're going to give me shit because they like Nickelback. <laughs> but we'll get to that in the Guilty Pleasures. Um. Anyways, I'm about to shock and awe you. I'm very confident. My number three song is Treasures for you, dude. Holy shit! Yeah. Good. Good thing you don't have a fucking pet snake, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> so they are an Arabic band, um, from somewhere in I don't know, in Arabia. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Good thing um, we're not trying to be political yeah, correct. Exactly. Politically the music correct. video is awesome, though. It's in a desert, and they're all wearing... I mean, like, they got lots like, of desert out there, dude. And they're wearing all, like, hajib garb and stuff. Yeah. And, and, like, but it's in the future, too. It's a really sad music video. You should check it out. Um, saxophone. I never thought that a sax solo in a gent song would be, make sense, but you, it does. You want to hear a funny story? When I was in my metal band, I my guitarist uh, played saxophone, mm-hmm. right? And he was like second or third chair. He's pretty damn good okay. in a, in band. And um, we tried a couple times, <laughs> and I think we might have even done it live once or twice. Oh boy, I can't remember hundred percent. Not that good, no. But it was still. I mean, I didn't even at the time. I mean, you gotta remember this is like eight or fucking ten years ago. Yeah, dude. Like, if you would have heard that shit somewhere out, playing, you know, played out eight, ten mm-hmm. years ago, you'd be like, "What the fuck?" Well, and that's why every time I play this track for people, I, I'm like, "Oh, just you know, wait for the wait, wait for it, wait for it." Right, oh, my, there it is. my. You saw my reaction. <laughs> yeah. I was like, "What the fuck is that?" Oh, but it works so well, and I would recommend listening to the whole song because it's the most. I would have to say, literally, in my and I listen to a lot of classical music too. But this is one of the most beautiful songs compositions I've ever heard, start to finish. Just yeah, just, I could see why. It's very pretty. It's aggressive but pretty. It's gorgeous. It just sounds bright. Um, and if you watch it with a music video, if you don't shed a tear when you watch the music video, then you have no soul because it's a really sad video. Um, but it's just. So good. And Shrezzers, the reason why their name is Shrezzers, they used to be called Shitting Razors, and that was not marketable, <laughs> so they just changed it yeah. to Shrezzers. I wonder, why, I wonder how that, why that's not marketable. Yeah. Um, I actually found out about them through uh, Nick Nocturnal's uh, YouTube page. Uh, Nick Nocturnal's a big-time gent guitarist. The scene guy, Nick Nocturnal. Nick Those Nocturnal. Those are scene names again. N-I-K. Nocturnal. Oh, God. Yep. No, he's a good dude, but yeah, that this song is just, I can't stop listening to it, so... That's my number three, and we're down to the top two. Number two, number two. Number uh, two. Serenity Volumes. Like the sound, like the sound, when Dude, honestly, one of the fucking best sounding bands on record, and they are, were hella good live too. Mm-hmm. Especially, mm-hmm. you know, they sounded extra good when that shit show of um, what was that? The band after we saw. No, that was a good bill. I think you're thinking of Born because that bill was Volumes, and then Suicide Silence, and then Attila. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm thinking wrong. Yeah. wrong show. Wrong show. Same venue. Um, <laughs> that show we saw was Born of Osiris to sound like shit. Yeah, that was Born of Osiris was before Kills. Oh, that was awful. Yeah, but anyway, that's besides the point. Yeah. Um, volumes, man. <clears throat> uh, just like, I mean, the production, dude, is absolutely insane. If you don't make a mean face listening to that breakdown, then you right. something's wrong with you. Well, the whole fucking album, the whole Via album. Is good and honestly, I don't even really like any of their other stuff. Mm-hmm. Just that Via album, and I listen to that album countless times. Every record or every track on that record, yeah. And um, 
just the airy guitars, the reverb tails they did on the snares and stuff. That writing that china, pauses. I love any kind yeah, of breakdown. Yeah, man. You know. Yeah. It's very. Just and, and I'm like, dude, damn! I yeah. first heard that shit, I was like, I've never heard anything quite. I mean, I, you know, there's gent, but then there's like this. And, and it's this literally is like, using a, a guitar as a per- percussion instrument with how, yes. how finite. Like, I can't do that. And they love Adidas. We saw that. Yes, yes. And I got a picture with the one vocalist, and that was pretty neat. And that was my profile picture I believe he is the same guy, because he was the newer vocalist who was Barrier Dead's vocalist before the old guy came back. Yep, yep. And... But no, dude, they're just—I mean, great live. They really are great on fucking record. It's almost like, cause I never saw them live until that day, and it—they had the persona of being a hip hop group live, but as a metal band. Well, yeah, because I mean, you know, you get these these black guys coming out there with all the Adidas and stuff, and I'm like, oh, and they're hyping, they're hyping like crazy. They're it's and not they're just doing the songs, right? Because I mean, you know, normally in metal bands, you see it's all white guys. Yeah, it's always all white guys with beards and long hair. <laughs> a lot of diversity. And then here comes in like metal. I'm like thinking I'm thinking, dude, this is like a '90s fucking hip hop band. I'm like, this right. is gonna be. I knew right off the bat it was gonna be awesome, mm-hmm. and it was. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and they had the they almost had the the stage presence of a hip hop. That's what I'm saying, right? And there and I think why I like them so much because I love. I mean, obviously I love hip hop mm-hmm. and uh, rap, rap, hip de hop, whatever. <laughs> Kids are listening to these days, but um, no, they're they're real rhythmic, like how hip hop is. And did you just make up a word, rhythmic? <laughs> hey <laughs> it man, sounds like arithmetic. Well, they may make up. They make rhythmic? up word rhythmic. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> that was funny. That <laughs> I didn't even realize I did that. <laughs> I think I did that earlier too. <laughs> God, now I sound just stupid, but. Um, no, dude, like, honestly, they just had that presence of almost like, I mean, because you never see that, mm-hmm. ever. And no. and when they first came, I'm like, dude, these guys are going to be awesome. I already knew before I even started playing. Right. And that was one of the things that I'm sure you were nervous because since they're one of your favorite bands and you never oh. saw them live, you're like, please don't kill my idols and it, and it really is, it really is one of my favorite bands mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, probably if I had to have top ten favorite bands, they'd be up there. Maybe even the top five or top three, right? Because they're just so damn solid. And I was really nervous. I told you that when mm-hmm. we went and saw them. I'm like, damn, dude, I really hope. I hope they're this gonna live up to the bill, right? Right. And but it was it was perfect. And the, just the way they play and the and then the extra stuff they do. And I wish they play out more because I really don't see them tour that often. Right. No, they, and that's why I went because mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, dude, this is probably my like, only you, time to see Yeah, them. and you were like, I don't really want to go because Attila, I don't like Attila, which it turns I know, out actually, that you really actually liked, liked them. them. And so. I was like, okay, I'm going to start listening more Attila. <laughs> so, yeah, good stuff all around. Uh, my number two track is from probably my second favorite band. What do you figure? But this is uh, Siler Prescription Meditation. <laughs> Meditation. Let them 
real. Sorry, I had to kind of mouth that part. I love that song. Um, they use a lot of electronic elements. I mean, that breakdown had like some like dubstepy, trappy. You know, I don't even know what you would call those. Honestly, things. they stole that from that one uh, Skrillex song. Try it out. Yeah, well, you actually, know, like in Call of Duty, when you go through the this uh, song came out before that one. Oops. Bullshit. Oops. Yep. No, it did not. It was on their first album. Well, shit. Maybe Skrillex <laughs> from the first Come on, last. Sonny. Maybe yeah. Maybe maybe Sonny Moore fucking stole yeah, it. Yeah. Who knows? So you can hear some Amir elements in there because actually Jaden Panesso, their lead singer, was Amir's merch guy for like three of their tour legs, and they're good buddies. He was in one of their music videos and shit. Uh, Siler is amazing. To me, they're like an extremely heavy Linkin Park because they have a rapper, a yeah. singer, and they use like your turntables and shit. That's weird because that. I never thought about that. Yeah, and that's one of their biggest influences. Uh, they'll tell you straight up. I was on Cloud Nine. My band got to open for them in May, and I've been following them since they, since for a long time. Um, so I was like, and I I'm pretty close with the guys, give or take. We might have Cody Ash on our podcast, uh, the drummer. Uh, in maybe a couple months, but uh, they're really cool. Uh, they're c- gaining a lot of momentum um, in the industry. Hell, their uh, their newest album, their song um, "All or Nothing," was the Monday Night Football like commercial theme song. So really, really freaking cool. Yeah, so um, just a really well rounded group with aggressiveness, and they also are really melodic in parts. And I love to see metal bands that aren't afraid to rap because there's such a stigma with like. Well, that's kind of why I like volumes. Right. The same reason why I like volumes because exactly. they got that. They they do do that on quite a couple. I think actually most of their tracks they mm-hmm. do that, and you, it is very very rare. And you speak of your Adidas. So Jaden Panesso always wears like the Siler bright yellow windbreaker on stage. So that's his kind of like real baggy and everything. Yeah. So they go through that similar persona. Um. Yeah. I just I don't know why I gravitated towards them so much, but just really unique. Very. They use either drop G or drop F sharp guitars, so you're going really low, and just brutal but melodic. They have like everything. Even the hooks are like some of the songs you can even classify as hard rock, but they have like metal breakdowns. So it's really hard to find bands that really mold the two genres together really well. A lot of time, a band is either brutally metal or just basic bitch modern hard rock. And I love bands that combine, like, yeah, I can have a melodic chorus and then I can have a breakdown that just makes you want to, like, you know, punch babies. Not really, though. But, um, yeah, so that's that's Siler. I don't know how you feel about Siler or whatever. Were you fangirling? No, fangirl? so, yeah, so I hate people who fangirl and fanboy because people are humans. Um, however, if we do end up interviewing, because um, we are going to Louder Than Life to interview some bands, um, and if we end up interviewing Corey Taylor, I'll probably fangirl for that one. Oh, hell yeah. Um, I mean, why? how could you not? Yeah. yeah. We'll have to keep it cool, man. We'll have to no, yeah, have I a cold beer with them or something. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know, take dude. Like a, yeah, I don't some know. Some edge off. <laughs> so, um, but no, Silers, I, I don't want to say they're not big enough to be that kind of reaction, but they're... Big. They're I mean, just you were like really for personable. Quite a while. Yeah, they made yeah. it to number fucking two on your list. They did. So, so yeah, that's something. That's got to tell you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there, there I am. Uh, number one for you. I was once. Oh, I gotta get this out because <laughs> it is. <laughs> I, I knew. He I tried. <laughs> I was. I fucking tried, but I already <laughs> fucked it up. Um, I was once possibly, maybe, perhaps a cowboy by asking Alexandria. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
talking about earlier how that girl made you know the facebook status about why did i ever listen to this stuff you know just how, like yeah. i listen to it right now i'm thinking dude what the hell is wrong with you no that <laughs> shit still slams and it was in hell yeah. that it was- and, and you know this this album stand up and scream literally defined many years of my life mm-hmm. and um it's really hard to ignore that because if this would have never came out i probably wouldn't even be sitting here right now Fair straight enough. up I mean, it literally defined that much of my life. Yeah. I probably would have been a lot different person um, if it wasn't for this specific album. Mm-hmm. And uh, this actually, this album will definitely, would definitely make it in my top three albums of all time. Period. Right. And, um, and I, I can mean, play yeah. every song on the album, which is interesting because it's very, it's not very difficult to play, but it's so catchy. It's very catchy. And this was the first time that anything like this was kind of done. And then a lot, you know, at the time, a lot of um, the older guys or already established people in the metal scene just shit on these guys. Bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it was just, oh, you guys are catering to the kids and stuff. But, dude, this shit is hard as fuck. They're probably just jealous because their shit's hard as hell. And believe it or not, they play in Drop D. Yeah. This album. Well, this no, I... Album's Drop D. And it's yep, really cool because that. every album they've put out, even the ones that kind of suck... They've gone lower and lower. So this album was drop D, then Reckless and Relentless was drop C, then whatever one. And I hated every other album. Yeah, I don't even. I literally despise every album and every literally every single song. You don't like Reckless and Relentless though? Fucking no. Their second album sounds almost like the first. Really? I like that one. It's just the first album. I don't. I can't explain it, but the first album is amazing, and um, it always will be for me. It's just like I said, it defines so and my because of this actual album, my band even played in drop D. Mm-hmm. And every okay. so we just I mean that because we were kind of so aiming for the two this questions type of for sound. you. One's a quiz question, one's just a question. Okay. So quiz question is technically speaking, where was asking Alexandria founded? <sighs> I keep wanting to say Des Moines, Iowa, but no. that is fucking the devil's mm-hmm. worst okay, product. First of all, they're, they're, yeah, they're British. Um, yeah. And Devil Wears Prada was Dayton. You're thinking of Slipknot. I know that. I know that Alexandria is British, but I don't know. They weren't founded in Britain. Where are they founded at? Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. So their guitarist, who was the founding member, mm-hmm. he his dad did business there, and they worked there and whatever. And then they found the other guitarist in Britain, and they were like pen pals. And then they came back and really, yeah. So it's just a little. Yeah, I never knew that. That's really weird. That's an interesting kind of story. And the second question is: since you only like the one album, but the one album means so much to you, would you fanboy for Danny Warsnop? No. Um, You'd probably be like, "What the fuck?" (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I'm I'm kind of weird about this. Like how you know, like a lot of like the logistics and stuff. Mm I don't really, I'm not really about that, <clears throat> about any band. Maybe mm-hmm. the only artist that I would be kind of like that about is Dead Mouse and stuff, but sure. that's because I'm not just into music. I'm into video games and technical stuff, and he's really big about that, and that's why 
I pay as much attention to him as I do. Sure. Um, but I've never really been the type of person to like care that much, except for the music. That makes sense. Itself and how they made it, stories. and just, and the yeah. sound of how they made it. Not really. Yeah, the, I like background stories, but I definitely never go to seek them out. And I'm just maybe that's <laughs> maybe I'm just weird. I don't know. No, I just have a lot of time on my hands. Let's be real. But it is interesting. I mean, like the stuff that you tell me that I mm-hmm. don't know. I'm like, oh, that's kind of. Mm-hmm. I didn't that's know cool. that. It's really interesting to. Yeah, to I know. love I love this album. I discovered it freshman year of college. Uh, I liked because in freshman year of college, I was really kind of in the middle of the end of my love for hip hop, the beginning of my love for EDM, and metal was always there. And I was like. Whoa, they got some real cool synths and shit in, yeah. in their in their album, and they kind of faded that too within future albums. Well, I think that's maybe album. why I even like this album so much is because mm-hmm. of synths and stuff. And then you know, back then I wasn't really listening to electronic music, so this might even be safe to say that this uh, this album and then Attack Attack album, and then a couple other albums kind of like this. Yeah, kind of even might have sparked my interest for electronic music. You ever heard of the Browning? Mm-hmm. Do you like you, them? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I never really got huge into them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I did My the stuff I have heard. My first experience with electronic and metal was a band called Cyclone 9. They are industrial, like real. like it, They make Rammstein look not industrial. Like They're okay. a super industrial metal group. Uh, I love industrial, so I have to look that uh, up. Dude, it's crazy. And they use just like... So the entire set is just multicolor strobe lights and like this. We, I saw them open up for Mushroom Head at the Fantasy Theater in 07. And just the whole, it was like, the best way I can describe it was I felt high without being inebriated whatsoever. It was really? a really cool live set. Sounds um, like the Smashing Pumpkins show because when I went to that a couple weeks ago, they did that same thing and I never, yeah. I never seen a band do that before. Huh. And I was like, damn, dude, I'm really glad I'm not like on acid or anything <laughs> crazy right now because I oh, totally, this would dude, be totally if, fucking if with If I me. was on any kind of stimulant for Cyclone 9, I would have probably died. That was the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. I was not expecting them to be like that, but they did the same like what you're talking about with mm-hmm. the multicolored strobes and shit. It was like it's really like, intense. Like, yeah, their like, whole constantly. show was nothing but yeah. fucking strobe like if lights. If you have epilepsy, you... Oh, hell no. You would thing. never. I mean, they had to put in bold a disclaimer. Yeah. Don't come to this if you have epilepsy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that was my introduction to electronic elements in metal. But yeah, I understand what you're saying. It's really cool when bands do it right. Some bands try to overdo it, and it's like, it's not good. Yeah. So, you know. It's it's a combination, but that's all about stage presence and mm-hmm. building and building a good light show. And that's what electronic does music does so well is their light shows and sure. effects yeah. and maybe that's even where metal can improve mm-hmm. i would say 100 percent because every metal show is kind of very and really even any bands it's not people are like oh damn their their show is really good i'm like dude you must have never been to do a rave no i know <laughs> and i think part of it is there's a sti- stigma in metal that you don't want to be too theatrical because it's about yeah. the music but this sometimes it's nothing wrong with theatrics no i mean i you know? I think it's fucking great. It's when awesome. I saw all that Smashing Pumpkin stuff, that was probably, honestly, the best visual show I think I've seen from yeah. a band. And I was like, dude, more bands need to do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had lasers, they had all the crazy-ass strobes, yeah. and all this stuff that rotated around, and I'm like, dude. I mean, you could only see five guys with jeans on a stage. So many like, fucking times. times. Right. I mean, yeah. and if you're not from 1965, back before they even had lights... <laughs> and then, you know exactly. what I mean exactly so 
Okay, leaves down to me. Your number 10 is my number one. This is Slipknot Disaster Piece. So there used to be a meme on Facebook and it's been gone now because of all the school shootings and stuff, rightfully so. But there was a meme at the time was funny and it said, what is the one song you'd have on during like a murderous rampage? And this would be my song. Like this is just everything about this song is just so brutal, violent. The first lyric is, I want to slit your throat and fuck the wound. Like you don't get any more without listening to Cannibal Corpse, maybe you don't get any more brutal. Been <laughs> annihilator or right. something. <laughs> exactly. And this is Slipknot. This is 2002. Like this is right. before that. So right. it's really intense. Um, it's, and it even says no one is safe. Noises. People make noises when they're sick. Uh, it's just crazy. It's nuts. I, uh, I I love everything about this track. This whole album, My Plague, which was your Slipknot song, yeah. is on the same album. Um, I'm obsessed with Slipknot like obsessed like from like i told you from age five when i got their <laughs> their vinyl to it's crazy that you got that at, yeah at age five. six five six whatever I it mean, was. that's like really young to be yes yeah. it was just it was just the stars aligned and i mean i i literally went and saw the movie rollerball just to see the, them in that they made like really? a cameo appearance and i didn't give a shit about that movie like i would just do like my middle school life when i had all of my hormones and all that Whole thing revolved. Very angsty. Oh, so angsty, and everything revolved around Slipknot. I had like ten Slipknot shirts. I, <laughs> and it's funny because as obsessed as I was, did with you them, ever get banned from school with your Slipknot shirt? No, I never did. Never did. Although I had a a Godsmack wallet, believe it or not, with a chain, and that got me to ten. <laughs> You're not supposed to have a chain with your wallet. It's funny because all those all those old people are the ones who like Godsmack now. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Probably um, the people who banned you. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Slipknot was everything. I, you could quiz me to this day, and I could tell you exactly anything you wanted to know about them. So, um, and it's funny because I never saw them live until 2015. So that whole time, I just never really? had the opportunity. They never played Cleveland because of the whole Mushroomhead Slipknot thing, and the Mushroomhead oh, fans yeah. treated them like shit. Yeah. So they stopped playing. They still to this day don't play around here. They've only play like Pittsburgh is the closest they'll play. Hopefully someday that they'll come back, but I doubt it. Um, but we'll be seeing them at the end of the month, and you'll see how fanboy I get about that because it's just I fucking love everything Slipknot. Um, and it seems like, yeah, okay, it's easy to love them. They've got masks and whatever. But I think even without the masks, the music is just so transcendent upon anything that was coming on at the time. Right. The fact that their newest album beat out Ed Sheeran as the number one album in the U.S. I mean, and it's UK fucking crazy. insane. Does that, does that make um, Slipknot pop? <laughs> they have a song Did called you... Kill Pop, so no, that is impossible. Well, they literally killed Pop. Well, if they when kill they, Pop, they... that's good. Well, they they definitely right. heard it when they got to the top. Exactly. I mean, and I'm sure record labels and all these like oh, Roadrunners head over like, heels about they're that. They're like, what the well, fuck? Yeah, yeah. But but I think you know, 
and their newest album, like you said, you haven't heard it yet, but it's brutal. It's heavy as fuck. I'll have to listen to There's it. maybe one song that's eh commercial. Right. Most of it's just really, really, I don't want to call it Iowa levels of heavy, but it's close. Um, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. I mean, I just love, dude, every time you can tell when, if, you know, if you, your eyes are closed, someone put headphones in your ears, you could tell when it's Slipknot. Mm-hmm. Not even, like, even if you got rid of the vocals. Yeah, and Corey Taylor, and you just heard it, and, and just heard instrumentals. The the snare drum and just the guitars and the pace, the pace of it, you can fucking tell. Oh, totally. I mean, it's just such a such a unique sounding, different sounding, and no one really ever has fully come close to no. that. And I think that's why they'll end up in the Rock Hall someday. Just oh, I fun, you know, yeah, definitely. The uh, Rock Hall's overrated, but we kind of talked about that. Before. We did, but, but I, I still think something I'm, like that is pretty freaking. Oh, hundred cool. percent. So, um, and like you say, even with Corey's voice, you can't you can't emulate Corey Taylor's voice for whatever reason. He right. has a voice that's just so recognizable. Um, and Joey Jordan's a snare man. Yeah, when you hear and, that, and he's not even snare, in it anymore. Know. And Jay Weinberg, the replacement guy, is still. So good, like he, they yeah. replaced. Well, they use like, the same amazing with almost amazing. And so, it's, so do they still use the same like snare sounds and everything? Because I, I haven't so. heard them. I think so. Because you could just tell, man. It's a little bit more militant so... than it was. Because Joey Orson was like, like chaos, but good right. chaos. And Jay Weinberg's more structured, but still very, very fast. Right. Um. So you can definitely tell a difference, but it's not a bad thing. Like they're both like high end drummers, like, right? Really good drummers. Yeah, dude. So. Because I mean, there's a reason why like everybody, every drummer I fucking know, at least in the metal scene, they played. They had. They I don't know if they played, but they everybody had a Joey Jordanson snare mm-hmm. drum. Yeah, and, and it's a shame I, that he had because he he ended up having I think it was back issues like really really bad back issues that made yeah. him depart the band because that he, that's what happens, man. When you're drumming, you get uh, tinnitus or not tinnitus, um, tendonitis. What's that shit where you can't move your wrists and stuff? I don't know. You jack off too much, maybe you know. No, I don't do that <laughs> too much. I, just enough. Just but enough. <laughs> but no, when you play drums, I can't. Uh, carpal tunnel. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Carpal yeah. tunnel. Yeah yeah. You get carpal tunnel. And uh, your back gets fucked up because you're sitting in that chair, especially mm-hmm. if you're touring a lot. Because mm-hmm. the chairs have no back. And no. They're sitting there they don't make thrones the shit. Why don't they make thrones with backs? They do. The problem is, is your elbows hit oh. the back. And, and you think someone would engineer something Well, now. there's just no way because when you think about it, you're rotating, you're reaching yeah. around f- your full body. And especially the way that he plays. True. And um, the only time you ever really see it is really old people that play in jazz bands. That makes sense. Because they play, they literally, actually, like, when you play traditional, Mm -hmm. which is when you have your stick resting in your hand, but your palm facing towards the sky or the ceiling, um, you don't rotate as much. And your elbow actually sits under where it normally would. Mm. And that's... You know, they make these chairs with the backs, and that's how they can do that. But sure. if but if you're playing regular style and playing like how something he does, or just even a normal drummer, you're fully rotating your body. And you just can't. Ha- I mean, just can't. And it's sad. I didn't know that he had to actually leave the band uh, because of his yeah. back issues. Mm-hmm. That's it's, that's actually news to me. Um, yeah. So that's that's our list. Um, I do have a bonus 
because we plugged ourselves for the EDM countdown, and I, you know, my band's kind of metal, sort of-ish. Oh, God. So I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and plug, uh, if you haven't heard my band, I'm in Audience of Rain, and this is our heaviest song, and there's a lot of Wage War influence, actually, from this breakdown, but this is uh, Neck Divinos by Audience of Rain. <laughs> Yeah, so I had to play that. So I guess I'll do the commenting. Because, Go for it. Because it's your own track. That's you right. can't talk about it. No. You could definitely tell this is recorded and produced by Danny Coleman. Yep. Shout out and Danny. Shout out Danny and uh, his band Wide Eyes. And uh, I can't remember what studio is it? They, Central 8 Studios. Central 8. Thank you. Um, no, he's very good. And this is a very, very, very good quality recording. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sounds like, you know, something very professional right um i like it i like heavy stuff um to be honest the rest of the album is very oh yeah more rock so you you can i wrote that song i wrote maybe one or two others tops yeah the rest of the album not too crazy about but this song i like i really like the song and i like kind of the dr acula type sample-y stuff. Yeah. yeah. I always love stuff like that, man. For sure. And it sounded really good, and I like that, um, oh, what's that, what did you call it earlier, that the band, that bands used to do, you don't really hear it as much, that. The stutter effect? The stutter, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really tight, into the, just the really heavy, airy guitars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Cool, thanks, yeah. The song's called Nectavinos, that translates in Latin to the wizard. It's about uh, a boss that I used to have at a company called I'm never gonna bring it up. <laughs> <There's> <laughs> let's a, hear it. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Well, I'm not gonna get a. I'm gonna get a fucking cease and desist letter if I bring up the name of the company. But it has to do with the wizard in some way, shape, or form. I didn't really like the guy. He treated me like shit. So the song is about him dying in a plane crash. Damn. Yeah. It's awesome because he's a pilot. So. <laughs> yeah. I, That's you know, fucking brutal. It man. is. I had to get some anger out, and what's the starting best to get to some backstory that? now. Yeah. There you go. Um. And like I said, like you said, I mean, the album itself has a lot of modern rock elements. I wrote uh, this one pretty much in its entirety, and I wrote, uh, I kind of co-wrote Above and Below, which is our other heavier song. Thieves-ish is kind of heavy. It's got a low growl, but that's, a lot of the other songs are more modern rock. But that's what I was touching on before was I like bands that do both. Like a really good example, this is a band that gets like so much hate, but I don't care. Motionless and White does a really good example. Yeah, they they are really like I agree. hard rock, and then they have a breakdown with a yeah, you know, and they do I agree. Like the, yeah. everything like that. It's just like so. I'm trying to like somewhat push us in that direction, but it's a band. It's a cohesive unit. Got to figure out. Are what we, we um, expecting any new music soon? Yes. Yeah, so uh, I'm we're going into the studio in October to do a cover song. I'm not going to say the song, but it might be from your favorite '90s boy band. <laughs> um, it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be like a a, a rock metal genty 
boy band cover. That's got to be either NSYNC or Backstreet Boys, man. It's one of them. I don't know. <laughs> You'll have to find out. Actually, you know a really good way to find out? If you come to our show on September 13th, we're opening up for the Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. And plug we're alert, going to plug alert. Yeah, and we're The gonna... Red Jumpsuit app, bullshit. No, yeah. We're opening up for them. Did you not know that? No, I did not oh, know that. You want a ticket? Now I know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'll shit, yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a weekend. It's a weekend too. It's a Friday night, I think, or a Saturday night. But, Be a good uh, uh, date night. There you go. Because red jumpsuit apparatus definitely up Marie? females alley. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, did I? Any girl, her name? man. Any girl, dude. <laughs> Any girl fucking likes. Yeah. I mean. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, that's where you could hear the debut of that cover. And then we're gonna we're working on new stuff for the album that we're going to record next summer. Uh, not sure the direction we're going in yet. We're still kind of figuring things out in the very early stages of writing, so we'll see. But uh, it'll be cool. I'm I'm looking to try to do some more real progressive, just like groovy stuff that you're gonna headbang, whether you like it or not. Your head's just going to involuntarily yep. bang. So that's what that's had a what couple I'm of those for. tonight. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck are we talking about? Yeah. All right, so uh, that wraps it up. An hour and 40 minutes in, so thanks for listening. And uh, as always, we're out. <laughs>